just worship the Lord right now. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Isn't God awesome? Don't we worship an awesome God? Amen. I don't know about you, but I love our church. I love our church family. I get excited about seeing all of you. And uh, I want you to know those that are watching us right now online, we appreciate you. I want to do something real quick. The, the older young people, I, I wanted you guys uh, to stay in here. And so uh, from, from maybe 12 up, if, if you guys would, I want you all to come to this front seat, okay? Because this is something that I want you guys, Sister Twyla, you can't come. Uh, <laughs> I'm joking. But, uh, hey amen, these young people right here, I've got some things that they need to hear. And uh, isn't that neat? Rohan came to church on his birthday. I think that's great. And uh, we love, we love Rohan. You want to watch something awesome. Um, just watch Rohan when he's up here singing and how he worships God. It is fantastic. Uh, I tell you what is also fantastic is little Jasmine with her hands up worshiping God. I think that's great. Amen. Don't you? Isn't that, isn't that great? I, I want to show you something that uh, when I saw it, Brother Crawley, I, I almost cried. And uh, this is uh, from Fayette, Mississippi. It's the Jefferson Correctional Facility there in Fayette. I, I don't know where they got this from. I don't know what they made it out of. But it says, thank you very much from your extended church family. That's something. And in it, in it, there's all these names. Um, my understanding is that since we've been doing this, the little, the church that's inside uh, the correction facility has grown by, I think, like 28 people since they've been watching our services online. Isn't that great? But there's a poem in here. It says, a gift so sweet. It says, the taste of a gift so sweet. Love from our maker, creator. Put in motion those feet. What a God. What a friend. Love that travels 14 hours before the end. The taste of a gift so nice. From our father to his church, then down to us. Thanks for the cards. They helped heal our hearts. God's gifts of love are the proof that one stray sheep he would not lose. Love that heals cold, deep wounds like Jesus' victory over that tomb. Many treasures in heaven for fountain of truth, eternal blessings you will not lose. Forgotten prisoner, now remembered, all thanks to you, fountain of truth. We love you. And that poem's by Joseph Pope. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. 
Brother Mike, that's why we do what we do. We want to reach people, and I'm, I'm so thankful, so thankful. Hey, Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Proverbs. Those that have been fasting with us, uh, Sunday's the last day, 21 days. I'm expecting Sunday, I'm expecting this place to shake under a powerful anointing. I, I, I'm serious. I, I think Sunday, um, there's no telling what's going to happen in this place on Sunday. Invite somebody. Um, if, they, if they don't want to come because of COVID, we totally understand. Uh, but, but send them a link. Do whatever you can. Amen. I believe God's going to do something special in this place on Sunday. I'm excited about it. What about you? Amen. This is going to be different tonight, okay? Um, it'll be unusual, but this is something that I have felt led to speak on. Proverbs uh, chapter 13, verse 20. It says, He that walketh with wise men shall be wise connect yourself to wise people if you want wisdom but a companion of fools shall be destroyed in proverbs 27 and 10 thine own friend and thy father's friend forsake not you know there's something about it's talking about generations people that have been your friends for a while Talking about tried and true friendships. Talking about people that you can trust. Don't, don't turn away from them. Listen to them. Stay close to them. Neither go into thy brother's house in the day of thy calamity. For better is a neighbor that is near than a brother far off. In other words, in other words, there are people that can come into your life that, that can be as important to you and even more important to you than even family can be. There's people that can help you, that can encourage you, uplift you, that can influence you in the right ways. Amen. I, I want to speak for a little bit this evening on this subject. My table, my influence. My table, my influence. Can we bow our heads and Brother Blaine, will you pray for us? Amen. Turn around to someone and tell them, my table, my influence. And then you may be seated. Years ago, Brother Aaron, there was a man of God who from time to time would speak into my life. He told me something that I have never forgotten. In, in fact, I've tried to live my life by this. 
You know, William Shakespeare once said, all the world is a stage. This elder friend of mine, he said, if that is true, if all the world is a stage, then there will be many who will watch the playing out of your life. Many are going to watch your life. You can't determine who decides to watch your life, but you can determine who gets to sit on the front row. Hear me. Remember this. This is good advice. You can't decide who's going to watch your life. There are many people that are going to watch your life as it plays out. But you can determine who sits on the front row of your life. In other words, you get to, to, you get to determine who your influencers are. Another bit of advice he gave me was this. In life, you have a table. Where you go in life, how far you go in life, how successful you'll be in life, how happy you'll be in life, how influential you'll be in life. So much of that will be determined by who you have sitting at that table with you. It is hugely important who you have sitting at the table of influence in your life. There was, I listened to a man named Jim Rome one time. He said this, we are the average of the five people we spend the most time with. Now, take a moment and, and let that sink in, okay? We are the average of the five people we spend the most time with. That, that really makes you think. Who I will become, a lot of that, Sister Dannery, has to do with who I spend my time with. What I'll be influenced to do, the decisions that I make, a lot of that will be determined by who I allow in my life, who I spend my time with. It matters who I connect to. It matters who I spend my time with. Amen. Tonight, I've, I've got a table. Uh, Brother Seal, will you come help me for a second? How many of y'all love Brother Seal? I noticed Sister Rose didn't clap her hands. I'm just saying. Amen. This is the table of my life. This is the table of influence in my life. Did you know, though, that I am not the only one who has a table. You have a table of influence in your life. All of us do. Have you ever ask yourself, who is it that sits at my table of influence in my life? Who is it that influences me? Who is it that's going to help me become who I need to become? Who is it that's going to lead me, guide me, help shape my life. This is my table of influence, but I want to give you some advice on who you need to have sitting at your table of influence. Is that okay tonight? Is that all right? All right. I, 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 I read this, and I thought I'd share it with you. This is uh, 
by Stephanie Barnes Taylor. She wrote, each of us has a table. We have people in our lives that bear great influence on us. We listen to them. We spend time with them. We work with them. We live with them. We go to church with them. One thing that we forget, however, is that we invite them. If someone is going to have influence in our life, it will be because we let them have influence in our life. We create our circle of influence. We sometimes forget that it is our table, and we get to decide who gets a seat and who will have to sit elsewhere. In life, listen to me, in life there will be people that you will have to decide they don't belong at this table of my influence. They don't belong at the table of my heart. It doesn't mean that I want them out of my life, but I can't have them sitting at the main table of my life. Your table is definite in that it only has so many seats. That means we should be selective and strategic about who is seated at our table. First person that I would say that needs to sit at your table, let me just say this. I think that every table needs Jesus at the center of it. Okay? This is a table of influence. This is a table of direction. Jesus should always be your main influence. I've got my, my Bible right here, and I'm going to put this Bible right here in the center of this table. If there's anybody that doesn't agree with that being at the center of your table, then you don't need them sitting at your table. They don't belong at your table. If anybody thinks you're kooky for centering your life around Jesus Christ, then you don't need them at your table of influence. They belong at a different table. I'm not saying being mean, I'm not saying being ugly, but you need Jesus at the very center of your world. Amen. You need a relationship with God. I don't care who you are, I don't care what age you are, you need a relationship with God. And you need to live your life in such a way to where it pleases God. You can't just say, he's the center at the center of my table. He, he needs to actually know that he's at the center of your table. Let me, let me ask you, does God know that he's the center of your life? Or is that just something that you say? Because talk is cheap. Is, is God really the center of your life? Is he the focal point of your life? Is he the most important thing about your life? Listen to this. John 15 and 5, it says, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me... Ye can do nothing. Without me, you will never accomplish anything of any spiritual gain. Without me, you, you, you'll never be a success, a spiritual success in, in life, an eternal success in life. Without me, you can't make it. You need Jesus at the center of your table. John 14 and 6 says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Do you, do you understand how important it is to have Jesus right there? Amen. You, you're not going to make it if he's not your main influence in your life. Amen. It, this is so important. Proverbs 18, 24. A man that hath friends must shew himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. 
let, let me tell you, no matter who you have around your table of influence, the table of your life, there is a friend that's greater than any other friend that you can have. And his name is Jesus. He is your best friend. He is your faithful friend. Amen. He is there. Amen. I want him to be right in the middle of my world. So number one, you need Jesus at your table. Then number two, number two, I need and you need a pastor sitting at the table of your life. You need a pastor sitting at the table of your life. Amen. I, I want my dad to come up here. He's, he's going to represent that tonight. Come on, Dad. Bring any of your stuff. You're going to sit by me the rest of the duration. <laughs> Amen. I can tell he's happy about it. He loves being on the platform. Amen. You need a pastor sitting at the table of your life. Your pastor brings to you the word of God. Amen. He shouldn't be your only source for the word of God. But he should be a main source. He shouldn't be the only source. Why, why would you say that? Why would you say that the pastor shouldn't be your only source for the word of God? Why, why would you say that? Do you really believe that you can bring your kids to church and they just hear about God and they just hear about prayer and they just hear the word of God once on Sunday and once on Wednesday night? You think you're going to do that and they're going to have enough God for their life? No. No. If this is the only place where your family is hearing about God, and if this is the only place where someone's reading the Bible, and if this is the only place where someone is praying, and if this is the only place where people are being spiritual, then, friend, your family is going to be lost. Amen. You better make sure. I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking to me, too. You better make sure that you get more and more and more and more of the Word of God in your life every single day. You need the Word every day. Amen. That's why some folks are, are losing their minds right now because they, uh, they're becoming spiritually anemic. They're only getting it. What, what would you do? What would you do if you only ate twice a week? Uh, you you would you would you would be an anorexic. You would starve to death if you're only eating twice a week. And that that's what we've got in the spirit. We've got people that are, that are only praying twice a week. They're only reading their Bible twice a week. They're only listening to preaching twice a week. And then they're they're leaving here and they're fighting all these spiritual battles. No wonder you're so cranky. No wonder you're in such a bad mood. No wonder you're struggling. Friend, you need to pray every day. You need to get the Word of God in you every day. You need to have an experience with the Lord every single day. You need to worship God every single day. You need to be thankful to God every single day. Amen. The pastor should not be your only source for the Word of God, but he should be your main source. Can I tell you that, that some TV preacher that pastors a church 3,000 miles away, he can't be your pastor. 
he can't be your pastor. There, there's a lot of people that, that'll say, well, my pastor, pastor such and such church. Isn't that in Los Angeles? Well, yeah, but that's my pastor. No, that's not your pastor. Amen. Yeah, call, call him when you get sick and see what kind of response you'll get. That's, that's not your pastor. Your, your strange relative who's not faithful to a church and who's not submitted to a pastor, but they try to prophesy to you every once in a while, that's not your pastor either. Amen. They'll try to be your pastor. They'll try to speak into your life, and, and, and they'll tell you what you're doing wrong and how you need to, to, to look and act and be. But, but they're not your pastor. You know, they're just trying to, if, if you turn around and you say, well, what's going on in your life? They don't have anything to say. Well, I'm spiritual. Well, do you go to church? Well, no. Are you faithful to anything? No, I'm faithful to telling you what to do. Amen. You need a pastor in your life. You need a pastor at your table. Your pastor encourages you in your walk with God. Your pastor helps you to be better. They share knowledge and, and they share experiences that enable you to grow. I don't want to be stagnant. I don't want to be stale. I want to grow in the Word of God and the work of God and in the kingdom of God. I want to grow. Amen. Your pastor helps you to make heaven your home, but they're also an advisor for your life. They help you to move when you just want to sit. They care about your safety. They care about your well-being. One, of, uh, one example of this in the Bible is... Uh, T-I-C-T-Y-C-H-I-C-U-S. How do you pronounce that, Pastor? Tichikas. Let's try that. Amen. He he's he's dead, so he doesn't know we're calling him by the wrong name. Uh, Tichikas. How's that? Okay. The Bible talks about this man. He's described by Paul in Ephesians six as a beloved brother and faithful minister. Pipe, uh, Paul sent <laughs> Tychicus to the church in Ephesus and to the church in Col Colossia for exactly this reason. He said to encourage your hearts. Paul knew that believers need more than to just be taught the Word of God. They need to be reminded that the Lord loves them. They need to be reminded that God is a good God. They need to be reminded that God provides for them. They need to re be reminded. Amen. In, in this season, can I tell you that, that a pastor is a gift from God? You may say that this is self-serving today, and, and I'm not trying to do that. I'm just telling you, you need a pastor at your table. And if you have a pastor at your table, then you have a gift from God. Amen. E Ephesians 4, 8 through 13, Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. Verse 11, Ephesians 4 and 11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some 
pastors and teachers, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. I'm telling you that pastors are a gift from God. Pastors are a tangible reminder that Jesus cares about us in a world that is full of sin and depression and despair. God gave you somebody that will pray for you and love you and help you and be there for you. Amen. You need a pastor. Number three, third person you needed your table of influence is you need an encourager. You need an Come on, Brother Rich. You're going to sit at the table with me. Just, just hearing him sing encourages me. Man, he can sing. He's wearing a mask. That way he don't give us nothing. He's encouraging us to wear a mask as well. Amen. Amen. The third person you need at your table of influence is an encourager. An encourager is someone who serves to incite, support, promote, to help increase confidence, to uplift. An encourager is someone who encourages. They encourage. You need an encourager at your table. Folks, it's 2021, and every one of us that are in here are going through stuff. If I, if I were to ask you who in this church is going through stuff, everybody in this room would have their hand up, and probably everybody that's watching us online would have their hand up. I'm going through stuff. We need someone to encourage us. Amen. Did you know that's an, a gifting? The gift of encouragement. Not everybody is going to preach. Not everybody's going to be a pastor. Not everybody's going to sing a special at church. Not everybody's going to play music at the church. But everybody in the church can be an encourager. Everybody can. The Bible has several examples of encouragers. In Deuteronomy 31 and 7, Moses encouraged Joshua. He said, be strong and of good courage. Oh, man, I'm trying not to preach, Brother Crawley, but I keep wanting to preach. It, he, here's an older man, Moses, and he says to this younger man, be strong, be of good courage, it's going to be okay, I believe in you. Oh, friend, when you've got older folks that are willing to encourage younger folks, not pick them apart, not tear them down, not make fun of them, but encourage them, Oh, what a blessing that is. You can do it. I believe in you. If I can make it, anybody can make it. If I can live for God, anybody can live for God. You're going to be a success. You're going to have revival in your life. You can do it. You can do it. I know it seems dark right now, but it seemed dark back in my day too. And if we had revival then, you can have revival now. Amen. Amen. Rahab encouraged the Israelite spies that came to Jericho in Joshua 2. Isn't that something? They, they, some people would say, well, that should be your enemy. I think you ought to be an encourager to everybody. 
whether they're in church or out of church. I don't care who they are. I think you ought to encourage them and, and be kind to them. Amen. John Mark is left by Paul, okay? John Mark is left by Paul. Barnabas encourages John Mark by taking him with him in Acts chapter 15. Now that excites me because Barnabas says, look, I know you've messed up and I know there's others that have turned their back on you, but there's got to be somebody that's willing to help those that have messed up. So if you've messed up, I'm going to be a Barnabas in your life. You talk about encouragement. Look, it's amazing how many friends you have, Brother Michael, when, when you haven't messed up, when you've got a perfect record, when you, you haven't let anybody down. But you, you want to know when you find encouragers and friends to be special. It's when you've messed up and you've done wrong and you've made mistakes and you've disappointed people. And for there to be someone that would say, hey, I love you. It's okay. You're going to do better next time. I'm talking about the spirit of an encourager. There, there's other examples that, that I could take from the Bible, but the point is that you need an encourager in your life. Amen. One writer said this, encouragers stand up for you and what you believe in. They are the friends who sing your praises. Every day this makes a difference in your life. Not only do they praise you in your presence, but they praise you when your back is turned as well. They'll stand up for you when you're not around. They accept you for the person you are, even in the face of resistance. Encouragers are loyal friends with whom you can share things in confidence. You don't have to worry if they're going to turn around and tell everybody else. Amen. That's not an encourager. Encouragers have a low tolerance for dishonesty. You can count on them to, to accept what you say, to help you, to be there for you without judging you, even when others do not. Encouragers are your best advocates. When you succeed, they're proud of you, and they share it with others. Encouragers thrive on your accomplishments and your happiness. An encourager is not in competition with you. You know, competition can be good, and then it can be bad. Competition can be good in that it will cause you to strive harder than you would typically strive. But competition can be bad when you feel the need to tear someone else down in order to make yourself look good. That's not an encourager. And I've known people like that. I've known people that were always uh, in competition in, in how they dress and, and, and how much money they have or don't have or what kind of car they drive. They're in competition, this church with that church. They're in competition. Look, I, I, I don't care. I don't want that spirit at my table. Do you understand? Because we don't have unity when we're in competition. We have unity when there's an encourager there that, that'll be there for you and encourage you and uplift you and help you. Amen. Amen. Boy, I feel like preaching. Listen, we can improve our relationships with others by leaps and bounds if we become encouragers instead of critics. I thought y'all would say amen right there. Amen. I'm going to say that again. We can improve our relationships with others by leaps and bounds if we become encouragers instead of critics. This world, this life, everywhere you turn, there are things and there are people that are trying to tear us down. 
You don't need to allow that teardown spirit at your table. Stop allowing people that are trying to tear you down to have influence in your life. They don't belong there. When someone that, that, that you have at your table starts trying to tear you down, the best thing you can do is get up and, and just, you don't have to make a scene. You don't have to be ugly. Just move them from the table of influence in your life. Amen. There are people in this world who have PhDs at finding other people's flaws. There are people who specialize in looking for what's wrong with everything. They specialize in finding everybody's flaws and everything's flaws. They are flaw finders. I don't want to be that person. They will critique every aspect of your life, but they never seem to critique their own life. You don't want that spirit at your table of influence. Hey, I need somebody that's going to help me. I need somebody that's going to build me up. I need somebody that's going to be faithful. I need somebody that, that's going to be there when I need someone to be there and not laugh at my calamity. I need somebody that's not looking for what's wrong with me. I need somebody that's looking for what's right. Amen. Is that okay? Listen to this scripture. Is that all right? Listen to this scripture. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 11. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. One translation of this says, therefore, encourage one another and build one another up. Amen. Just as you're doing. Isn't that good, Sister Jamie? Encourage one another and build one another up. Amen. It's the Bible. Anybody... Boy, I, I want that calling on my life. I, I, I want to be that. I want to be an encourager. Amen. In, in a world full of people that says you can't, I want to be that person that's standing behind you saying, you can, you can make it, you can do it, you can succeed. Amen. Number four, fourth person you need at your table is a prayer warrior. You, need, you know what, Sister Tina, I need you. Come on up here. Bring your, bring your notes. Definitely bring your Bible. Amen. How many of y'all love Sister Tina? <laughs> Sister Jamie's the only one that didn't. Yes, sir. I read something today. Somebody, somebody put up a sign that said, when this virus is over, I still want some of y'all to stay away from me. Amen. I don't know what that was. Hopefully that was anointing right there. I know I need some water after that. Amen. Fourth person you need at your table is a prayer warrior. You need a prayer warrior. I'm talking to everybody in this room. You need a prayer warrior at the table of your life. Amen. What is a prayer warrior? Whitney Wappler, she said this, God calls all believers to fight in the spiritual battles that are constantly taking place, where evil causes suffering, but God works to redeem it for good purposes. Those who say yes to God's call are prayer warriors. They participate in the world's most important work. Prayer warriors see the battle and constantly, consistently Take action by coming before God. 
you need somebody in your life that knows how to get a hold of God. Oh, my goodness. Young people, listen to me. You need somebody in your life that knows how to get a hold of God. You say, Pastor, isn't that your job? Yes, it's my job, but you need somebody else also at your table that knows how to get a hold of God. They know how to intercede. It doesn't matter if the need is big or if the need is small. They'll take anything to God in prayer because they believe, they know, they trust that God is able to meet every single need that you could possibly ever have in your life. They're not embarrassed to go to God. They've got a relationship with Him. Uh, uh, The prayer warrior in your life, they can be any age. They can be any age, but you better have one. Amen. I I had a prayer warrior in my life when I pastored in Louisiana. Her name was Sister Peggy Myers. Oh, she loved me. And, and, boy, it's easy to like people that love you, you know. And, uh, oh, I, I loved her, too. And, uh... She treated me like I was one of her kids, but she, she was a prayer warrior. She, she knew how to get a hold of God, you understand? I, I, I can tell you so many times I would have her pray, but I'll, I'll give you an example. One day um, in the evangelist department, I used to be the, the uh, national evangelist department secretary. So I had to keep a lot of records and uh, uh, you know a lot of stuff like that, a lot of receipts. I was the secretary. And so every year I would have to get up in front of the body and I would have to present my books and, and I would go over the records and, and all of these uh, people would, would have the opportunity to ask, my, ask me questions based on the records that I kept. So this was a, a serious thing. And I, I kept all my records in this, uh, in this box and I knew exactly where it was. The only thing was is uh, about uh, a month before, about two weeks before that general conference where I was supposed to present all these records, we ended up moving to a different house. And, and somehow in that move, we could not find that box. And I'm telling you, the next day, I was going to be driving to a conference where I was going to have to stand in front of all of these people and present all of this information. And I began to panic. We looked everywhere we even had people from the church come to our house and look for us we i mean we were turning the house upside down it was already upside down because we were in the process of moving but we turned it upside down there was this one particular cab cabinet i searched through that cabinet myself there was nothing in there so i called sister peggy i called my prayer warrior and i said would you pray i need to find this and i need to find it uh, now and and would you just would you just pray and and she prayed and uh, I, she said I, I, I'll call you right back she got down and she prayed she called me back she said it's okay you're about to find it it's gonna be all right and and I'm telling you one of the sisters from the church was looking in the cabinet that I had already looked in I had, I had searched it over more than one time and she said here it is right in the front and there was this box with all those papers that, that she was able to give to me, and I was able to give my report without any problems. Now, you can believe what you want to believe, you understand? But I believe that that prayer warrior got a hold of God, and, and I believe that there were angels that put that box in a place where I would find them. 
You believe what you want to believe, but I'm telling you, I want a prayer warrior at the table of influence in my life. I want a relationship with somebody that can get a hold of God. Amen. Fifth person. Fifth person you need in your life is you need a brutally honest person in your life. Amen. Brother Chris Whedon, would you come up here right now? He was a prophet because he knew I was about to call his name. Can you be brutally honest, Brother Chris? <laughs> All right. All right, right here. You're honestly slow. I'm just, where'd my Bible go? That? Pastors. <laughs> Pastors don't steal. Woo, I feel conviction. Amen. Amen. The, the fifth person you need in your life at the, at the table of your influence of life is you need a brutally honest person. Now, don't, don't be confused. I'm not talking about somebody with a, a spirit of criticism. I'm not talking about a critical spirit. I'm talking about someone who is honest enough and loves you enough to tell you the truth when you are wrong. Amen. I'm, I'm going I'm to stand right now. I'm talking about someone who loves you enough and who is honest enough to tell you when you are wrong. You need that in your life. I saw, a, I saw this commercial. I've told you all about it before it's a, a geico commercial and in it uh it asked was honest abe really honest and then it showed abraham lincoln you know very dignified and all of a sudden his wife walks in the room and it says she asked abraham lincoln she says do i look good in this dress and honest abe says he does that and then it just cuts away you know, is honest Abe really honest? Look, you need someone in your life who is willing to tell you the truth, even if it hurts. Amen. You're, 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 you're not talking like you ought to. You're not thinking the way that you need to be thinking. How long has it been since you prayed? How long has it been since you talked in tongues? You're going in the wrong direction. What, what's going on? There's something, you're, you're, you're going the wrong way. There's something wrong here. You're making some bad decisions. I, I can tell that, that you're, you're getting towards a backslidden condition because there's some decisions that you're making right now that if you were right with God, you wouldn't be making those decisions. No, you don't need to do that. No, you don't need to go there. No, you don't need to be a part of that relationship. No, you don't need to have that attitude. Yes, you were wrong. Yes, your spirit was wrong. Amen. You need somebody that'll tell you. I was in I was in Brother Jerry Dean's office one time, and he had made a, a decision. And all of a sudden, the phone rang, and it was a, another uh, minister. And he went, he got got on the phone with him. And when he got off, he came and sat down. He said, he told me who it was. He said that person right there, they have veto power in my life. I, I trust their relationship with God, and I, I trust their intentions and their agenda, and 
And when they say no, I, I know that they've got veto power. Do, is there anybody in your life that has veto power that can look at you and say no and you respect it? Is, is, there, is there anybody at your table that can say no to you and you will respect that? Listen, Proverbs 27, 17, it says, Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. I love that scripture. That scripture is wonderful. This honest person, they sharpen and they refine you. That, that person that's willing to be honest, they help you to be better. They help you to get better. But they do it because they love you and they want you to be your best and not just the best you feel like being. The spirit that, listen to this, this is important. The spirit that they're honest in, it means everything. Because there's a lot of people that are honest, but they're mean about it. And it's hard, Sister Jamie, for me to take honesty from someone who's mean or ugly or who has an agenda or who's trying to hurt me. It's hard, it's hard for me to take honesty from somebody like that. But if they're kind and if they're loving, if they love me and I know they love me and they're not trying to hurt me, then I can take it. Amen. Maybe you're that person. Maybe, maybe you're that person in someone's life that you're the brutally honest one. If, if that is you, make sure that you don't have a spirit of criticism. Make sure that you've got a spirit of love. But you need that at your person. I, I mean, at your table. Okay, this is the last one. I'm, I'm almost done. The sixth person you need at your table is you need an elder. You need an elder. C come up here, Brother Hardy. Man, y'all, did you have a birthday this week? How old were you? Just 83. Oh, y'all, look at that. 83 years old this week. And I promise you, if you could have gotten in a time machine and if you went back to 1982, and you went to Gray Road Church, Brother Hardy would look exactly the same as he looks right now. He hadn't changed a bit. You need an elder to sit at the table of your life. You need an elder. Amen. Job 12, 12 says, With the ancient is wisdom, and in length of days understanding. You see, Brother Hardy doesn't just have white hair, but, but there is years of experiences and wisdom and understanding in that white hair. Amen. Look at, look at Proverbs 19.20. It says, Hear counsel and receive instruction that thou mayest be wise in thy latter end. I, I'm going to help you right now. I'm going to help you. I, I'm, I'm doing this because I love you, but I'm telling you, you're wise if you will listen to these elders. Turning a deaf ear to them will not help you at all. There's a reason they're talking to you the way they are. There's a reason they're trying to help you, and you better heed what they have to say. Amen. Job 32 and 7, I said days should speak. Isn't that Interesting. Days should speak, and multitude of years should teach wisdom. 
Thank God for elders. Amen. This is a friend that you can go to when you're searching for advice and direction. This is a friend. This is the kind of person who has lived a rich and interesting life, and they're happy to share their experiences with others. Oh, man, you need that at your table. Maybe they're a little bit older. This is the kind of friend, though, who knows how to listen. And they, they seem to have just the right thing to say at the right time. Amen. They have plenty of interest. They're always offering new insights into unique things that you need to learn. Can I just tell you that elders are a treasure, and you need elders at your table. You need them. Brother Hardy, I love you. Don't ever think that you're not important because I need you at the table of my life. The young foxes spoil the vine. That's the problem with pastors. They want to preach all the time. <laughs> I don't know what to say. You know, we... we some, some of the greatest lessons that I ever learned in my life, I learned because of elders. Amen. I'll, I'll never forget. I'll never forget old Brother Rex Dyson. Brother Rex Dyson, as far as I'm aware, started the first uh, Pentecostal church that there ever was in the city of Memphis. If there was no Brother Rex Dyson, probably there would be no Brother Blaine Hayes and probably there would be no uh, Brother Mark Johnson. You know, he, 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 he came here when there was nothing. And, and it, when he was 100 to 103 years old, he was a member here of this church. Oh, man, I can see him now with, with his old guitar getting up and singing. Every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, every line. I'm trusting in his love divine. Every promise in the book is mine. But he told me one day, because I, I was starting to evangelize, and he told me one day, he said, you just trust God, Brother Aaron. You just trust God. I said, yes, sir. He said, when I first started out, God told me uh, to go and get on a train. And he said, I, I had hardly any money. I just had enough to buy a ticket. I got on the train, and all of a sudden, I'd been on there for a while, and all of a sudden, God said, it's time to get off. And he said, I got off the train. And uh, when I, I looked around at a place that I had never been before, and God said, go to that house down there on the corner and knock on the door. And he said, I went to that house, and I knocked on the door. And when they opened the door, they said, well, hey, Brother Dyson, we were praying that you would come and preach us a revival. And he was there. He said, you learn to trust God because God takes care of his children. And I've never forgotten it. You need elders at your table because there are lessons that can be learned from the elders at your table that nobody else can teach you. Amen. You need elders in your life. Thank God for the elders in our lives. Amen. I, my grandfather, oh, he and I were so close. I mean, we, we, were, we, just, we, we had the same sense of humor. We just, uh, I, I love my grandfather, but... There were services where, and this is a true story, Brother Seal, there were services where that, that I would get up and I would lead worship and, and I would holler and buck and scream and people wouldn't hardly worship God. But, but then 
my grandfather, he, he would get the mic and he would walk up to the microphone or he would walk up to the podium and he would sing, I see a crimson stream of blood. It flows from Calvary. It's chains which reach the throne of God are sweeping. Oh, oh my. And the place would come unglued. People would shout and worship and get a hold of God. And after church, he told me, it pays to get a hold of God. It pays to have a relationship with God. It pays to be comfortable in the present. That's the kind of stuff you learn when you get elders at the table of your life. Amen. Let's stand right now. Who's at your table? Maybe, maybe there's others. There's others, Brother Wink, that I could list. You know, in, at my table, I need somebody that knows how to do stuff. I'm glad you're at my table, Brother Wink. Amen. At my table, I need, I need experience at my table that I can go to and say, Brother Crawley, what do you think about this? That's how I handled this. What do you think? Oh, thank God for experience at my table. At my table, I need somebody that will listen. Thank God. Brother Still, I called him today. I didn't want anything. just want to talk. Thank God for someone at my table. Doesn't anybody in this room know what him and I talked about? Thank God for a listener who doesn't go around and tell everything that, that's been said. Thank God. Who's at your table? I may, I may do a message and post it online on who doesn't need to be at your table. But young people, listen to me. If you're going to be successful, you better make sure that you've got God at the center of your table, at the center of your life. Church, you better make sure you've got a relationship with God. better make sure you've got a pastor. You need a pastor. I, I have to have a pastor. Did you know that? Did you know I've got a pastor? We, we got to have a pastor. we got to be careful who we choose to sit at the table of influence in our life because Jim, Jim Rome, as he said, you'll become the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. You better be choosy. You better be careful. Amen. It's up to you. I can't choose who's at your table. I, I, wish, I, I wish I could choose who's at my kid's table. I wish I could, but I can't. They have to choose. Ashley, you got to choose who's at your table for you. Make sure you choose carefully. Make sure you choose wisely because who you'll become has a lot to do with who you'll let sit at your table. God, thank you so much for our people. Thank you for the 